Okay. You're listening to Vibes Live Radio with Robin Lynn. Yeah, this is the boy, comedian Edwin Douglas, your host, along with Robin Lynn May Bing. Hanging out with the Mexican. Come on in, girl. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's show. All right. All right. This is how we're going to do this. And we've got two special guests on the Vibe Live Red Carpet exclusive right here. Only a global entertainment broadcast. Do the Red Carpet thing, Robin. from Dallas, Texas. He's an author. He's a filmmaker. And he's my brother of Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity, Fraternity Incorporated. Please show your love for Victor McLaughlin. Yeah. All right. All right. How you doing, man? And I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on this show. But check it out. Y'all's intro is so fabulous. I feel like I need my club clothes on. Right, that's some new shoes too. Cool, cool. Now, um first of all I wanna say congratulations on your success. Um you and I go way back and um I remember uh, when you were telling me that you were working on a book uh, after, <laughs> right. after so many couple of decades have gone by you have wrote and written certain, you know, certain amount of books and did much more. Could you tell us the first book uh, that you wrote? Yeah, yeah, Edwin, I do remember that. I remember us, you know, at chapter meetings and hanging out afterwards and I was telling you that I was going to start working on a book and that was late 90s. Mm-hmm. So we've been, uh, we've been cool for a very long time and uh, 14 bestsellers later, you know, we still cool. So, you know, I, res- I respect that and dig you for always being there every step of the way. Uh, my first book was called In Spite Of, and it was written a uh, fictional story about a guy who worked in a bank, and I was in the banking industry, so I know a little about that. And then all of the things that go on behind the scenes with who gets loans and who gets rejected and uh, all of the, the money that that happens outside of the banking institution but is still involved in the community to help things you know, work properly. Uh, you know, a lot of folks don't know. Back back in the late '90s and mid '90s, there was a lot of extra money, or w- what they called uh, black money, circulating around. Because you still had people who uh, had lived in the community 40, 50 years that had never had a banking relationship. Never, you know, they paid off. Yeah, their grandparents, or parents paid off the mortgage, so they didn't even have checking accounts. They paid everything with cash, and you know, cashiers' checks, you know, money orders. Um, so when it was the first opportunity to have a checking account, savings account, and actually get a new car loan, um, this is brand new. This is brand new for thousands of people, and I was a part of that in Dallas. Uh, so I wrote a little bit about it, did some parafiction, uh, introduced the uh, the Nation of Islam, some black brothers, to the story. Uh, you know, in- introduced some FBI, you know, and some drug involvement, and man, the, the book took off. It did very well, and it started my career. Wow. wow. Wow, Robin, this brother here—we can be on the, uh, on this interview for two hours because that's how long 
our hard work, he would have put a lot into it, yes. and he's very successful, you know, mm-hmm. uh, doing what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a book that we want to talk about that just released, not just released. Could you share that book with us? Uh, yeah, if if you're talking about uh, the student formula, how to win in inner city classrooms, yeah. uh, for the last uh, six seven years, I've been a a motivational speaker uh, and a corporate trainer. So I write training manuals for eyeglass companies, beverage companies, how um, how to um, kind of onboard their new employees and help them become more successful, more efficient, more effective right off the street with no experience and no prior knowledge of the industry. So, you know, and after speaking in so many high schools and colleges, um, it was my old boss who said, you need to do what you do for corporations. You need to do the same thing for kids. Why don't you write a training manual for kids, inner city kids, to be more successful in school? That's exactly what I did. So it's called the student formula. Uh, And then also I put together a workbook so that moms, dads, community leaders, uh, mentors, you know, Head Start, Boys and Girls Clubs, if they want to help these kids be more successful in the classroom, then they can participate by getting the student formula or the companion workbook, uh, the Champion Mentoring Curriculum. Wow. Are you connecting yourself relationship with different school districts for this book or going through the library? How this book uh, and relationship with other uh, educations and educators connecting with you? Right. Right now, uh, I, st- I decided to go uh, a securities route. So I'm dealing with about nine mentoring organizations in the Dallas area. Uh, and this summer, I'll add a lot to Houston, San Antonio, Austin, and kind of you know in- ingratiate myself into uh, text first. Uh, but uh, the book is being used. Uh, California, some school districts in California looking at it and trying it out and New Jersey, about five mentoring organizations in New Jersey are picking it up because what I didn't realize once I did this was there are a lot of black men who did not graduate from college went to prison and when they get out, uh, they can get a GED but they still don't know how to be successful. They don't know how to be successful in life, they don't know how to be successful at work Uh, and that's one thing that this does. This teaches my curriculum teaches inner-city students and individuals who've been incarcerated how to basically start a business, how to run their education and their life like a business. It's a, it's a startup 101 for all of them. teaches them how to, how to build a mission statement, uh, business plan, how to get a board of trustees from people within their peer group and within their community, and then all of the, the, the nuts and bolts of building a business. Uh, so my, my very first business was victormclaughlin.com and have built that and made well over a million dollars doing that. And I just I want to teach students and people who just came, you know, out of incarceration how to do the same thing. You are your own brand and teaching them about brand management and, and, and all that entails and how you protect your brand. First of all, you protect your brand by not doing anything that can uh, discourage people from participating in your brand. Mm-hmm. So all of the stuff that people put on, on social media, Facebook, Snapchat, all that, it's like y'all got to stop that. Because Mm -hmm. employers, potential business partners, they're looking at that, and they can't take you seriously when you are disrupting or or just trashing your own brand. Wow. Victor. Wow. Victor, I'd like to sign up for class. I'll be sitting right up front. Right up front. I'll bring you Apple and everything. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, we could could definitely work through that because for anyone who's either ever wanted to start a business, 
wanted to um, wanted to escalate their own personal brand to another level or to help other individuals because we all know nephew, niece, cousin who just can't seem to get it together. Um, this book is for them. Uh, so I didn't expect it to be for individuals who weren't in high school or junior high school, but these mentoring organizations are saying, hey, we're using this for our men who are right out of prison, these young men, early 20s, late teens, and they're eating this up because this is something that they say that other communities have shared with their young people growing up. And they're right. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm not saying anything about African Americans, but I think if we utilize more of what Jews and Asians, especially when they, they, they teach their kids from a very young age, uh, by and large, this is how you run a business. This is how you purport yourself in, in a business atmosphere so that when they get out of high school, college, and start their own business or have their first job, they know how to handle themselves. They know what expectations are. They know how to manage responsibilities. And, and that's why they're more successful right off the bat. And unfortunately, in African-American community, by and large, most of us just don't do that. Some of us don't, know, don't have the wherewithal. Our parents didn't teach us how to be successful yeah. in business. Yeah. Um, and I have two young men that, you know, my sons that I've raised, they're both going to be engineers in college next year, engineering students. And this is what I've taught them since they could read. So wow. to them, it's second nature. Yeah, to them it's second nature. And my aunts, I have two aunts in education, and they were saying the same thing. Dude, if you could just tell all these other kids what you tell your sons, how, how to, you know, your study habits, how important that is, how to keep a monitoring and measuring system for all the homework and all the classwork that you've done. Because again, if you're in any game, uh, um, uh, Robin Lynn and, and Edwin, if you're in any game, the only way you know you're winning is looking at the score. So I have a, a process where you write down you write down every homework assignment, class assignment, test grade on everything that you get. So at any time you can look at your success sc oh, scoreboard yeah, score and board. you can know if you're winning or not. Yeah. Say, wait a minute, I got a 50, I got a 65 among all these other good grades. I need to spend more time in that in that subject. So it wow. teaches not on, yeah it teaches not only students but their parents how to help them be more successful. Mm -hmm. I have parents that call me, text me, crying, saying my son is is been scholarships but he's not doing it well in school what do i do my daughter is a standout in track and field but she can't make it to college because she can't pass the test what do i do this book tells them how to do it wow yeah now, now robin you, you can tell he's a motivating speaker I'm motivated. you can tell he's he's <laughs> an author yes let's talk about how you and when you started uh getting involved studying film uh, the first film, and then we'll talk about the film that just came out. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I, believe it or not, I've been writing for 20 years, and I only started writing because I wanted to write movie scripts. But I kept, you know, I'm reading up on it. The Internet was still relatively new in the late 90s, mm -hmm. um, 96, 97, when I started writing. You, you couldn't find a lot of information. People are still going to the libraries to do research. There was no Google. Yahoo was brand new and didn't have a lot of information. Um, so the information that I did find said, if you're not in L.A., if you're not in New York, because Atlanta wasn't even a movie hub then. Mm -hmm. If you're not in L.A. and New York, you may as well forget about writing uh, scripts. But what you can do is write a book, and if it does well, maybe someone will pick it up. So I wrote a book, wrote another book, got big book deals, wrote 10, 15 books, and then I couldn't find anybody who wanted to do my films. So I said, okay, um, let me look online now, and they had these movie cameras that you could buy for $1,500. Yes. 
I bought a $1,500 movie camera. I wrote six movie scripts, and I said, um, you know, I went to L.A. back four or five times um, back in the mid-2000s, and every uh, student, film student or young producer that I met said, it's going to cost you $30,000, $40,000 to do a 15, 20-minute short film. And I was <laughs> like, what? I said, well, first of all, I don't, if I had $30,000, $40,000, I'd be doing it myself. So that's what they said. Dude, you have all these best-selling books. Buy a movie camera, read up on it, see what that camera can do, and then shoot your own short films. And if you're mm. good at it and you like and you like your project, then make it a 90-minute feature. I was like, man, you crazy. I know how to write, but I do not. I don't know how to produce. I don't know how to direct. They said, if you've been writing books, you've been directing. You've been directing characters yes. this entire time. All you need to wow. do is do the same thing. Yeah. Do this. These are people who just gotten their their film, you know, certificates, film degrees from UCLA, from USC. You know, these are the cats who are going to be making big money in LA. Telling me you could do the same thing with a fifteen hundred dollar movie camera. So I went online, got my yes. tax return, okay. and bought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, came up. We coming up. Yes, I'm telling. Yes. yes, I'm telling you, people who, if you want to, if you want to fund your dreams, you get that tax return. Don't buy no furniture, no new clothes, no new car. You put that money into your business. So I bought me a movie camera, some lights. Um, and I bought two books, and I don't even remember the name of them. I think it was some, some simple stuff, how to write a script that sells. These are the things you need to learn, you know, if you're going to shoot outdoors and working with people. Uh, and one of the first things that said, if you cannot pay your cast and crew, feed your cast and crew. So the first time, I didn't pay them. I said, look, you know, you, I'm going to give you guys videos when we finish. And I think I, I had to pay the guy who did the editing because it's so intensive. Yeah. But mm -hmm. the actors, uh, we did, oh, man, we did cattle calls. We we uh, we had about 200 people that came for those. We picked the cast and crew. We shot over a weekend, did a 20-minute film uh, called uh, uh, Backsliders. And mm -hmm. it worked on the, and then we did on the radio. We did a second one. And it worked. Those I could actually pay. I paid all the actors uh, and fed them well. And so when it was time to do my first 90-minute feature film, everybody who'd worked for me on the first two was like, please, man, you got to put me down. You got to put me down. So I did. I, I uh, hired almost all of the people that I worked with me before mm -hmm. made sure that I had roles that fit them and then came out with it was the first black horror film uh, in the United States since, ooh, uh, I don't know, since, since the 70s. Yes. But it was uh, Texas Voodoo, yeah, Texas Voodoo Zombies. So it came out last April. Uh, and you can get it uh, Amazon, Redbox, Walmart, and it was a, it was a zombie horror, and it was funny, uh, and it was wow. shot right here in Dallas, and uh, and it all started because I got a fifteen hundred dollar camera and wasn't afraid to step out and make it happen. Okay. Now yeah. tell us a little bit about single and separate because I I did both of them. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, single. <laughs> Man, single and separated. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people go both of those routes, Edwin, so I'm feeling you, man. Yeah, so I said, okay, I want to do TV shows. So I had, I had meetings with some production companies uh, back in L.A. for TV. A couple of networks took a look at, you know, what I had. And uh, they said, you know what, why don't you shoot a pilot, and that way you can shop the pilot around and you don't have to keep making these trips back and forth to, to L.A. Uh, and now Atlanta. So I said, okay. So I have four shows that I wrote up, that I scripted, and said, which one do I think might have the biggest impact? The one I can shoot, pay all my actors, pay and you know, pay everybody, and still you know, kind of make a splash. So I did a comedy uh, called Single and Separated, 
where there's four women who are in their businesses, they have careers, and they just decide, well, two of them uh, are single and two are separated. And they just decide, hey, we, you know, all, all these people are making money doing reality shows. Let's do a show uh, and kind of make up the reality as we go, kind of scripted, partially scripted, partially unscripted, and see how it happens. So I shot the pilot um, in October of 90, uh, October 90, I mean, of 2015, and then rolled it out. We finished editing, and it came out like in April, shopped it. <laughs> Uh, and you know what? There was uh, uh, more companies than I thought were interested. The big Fox looked at it, and I didn't even think Fox would be interested in it. The Fox looked at it. They looked at five of my other shows. Um, I haven't sold any of them yet. But is the, every time I get onto another project, uh, more and more TV networks come in and say, hey, we heard about Single and Separated. Let's talk about it. What else do you have? Well, I got these four of the scripts, these are the four show ideas. Can you send us a one page? So it's it's happening. It's happening slower than I would have would have liked, but it is happening. So as you can tell, wow. man, I got stuff all over the place, and it's about to hit. Wow, that's a, that's man. amazing. Now we like to bring all our guests on the show and share the testimony. If you can, any time in your life, what could you share with us your any of your trials and tribulation to make you the person who you are today? Oh, absolutely, and thanks for asking. And this is something that I normally forget because this is part of life for me. Uh, but when I was a, a high school, I was a track standout football and got you know shoeboxes full of scholarship offers, and I chose one, got to, college, uh, got to college on a scholarship. My first year, I, I realized that I couldn't keep up no matter how hard I tried and then found that I was reading at a sixth-grade level. Now, I, I knew I was a poor reader. I hated to read. It was too much effort and energy required, so I didn't do it. Graduated class president, homecoming king, you know, student, all of, all of this, I had all these accolades, but I didn't have, you know, the reading prowess to keep me where I needed to be. So I almost lost my scholarship and basically had to teach myself how to read within a month uh, over the first, my first, my freshman year, Christmas break so that I could get back on schedule and, and, you know, make the grades I needed. And, of course, graduated and later got a master's degree, wrote 14 best-selling novels, and now I'm doing film and TV. So my, my testimony is when you find out that you are up against a wall, mm. you know, don't, 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 don't quit or complain. Climb that wall. Mm, mm, mm. Figure out wow. a way to climb that wall. That's it. Wow. And, wow. you know, and I was a, I was a 19 year old when it happened, but it has fueled me. And sometimes, you know, cause when you're a writer, you're doing a lot of stuff by yourself. You're a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the, the primary things you're doing alone before you put your team together. And a lot of those times I just said, man, this, this is, I can't do this. You know, this is too hard. What business do I have doing film? What business do I have doing TV shows? And then I just remember myself as a 19 year old that was reading at a sixth grade level and saying, dude, just keep climbing a wall. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Vic, I'm going to tell you this. Anytime, anytime you need um, the word to get out around the world, because <laughs> Vibe Live, we have 2 million geographically listening around the world yes. following us. Yes. Uh, anytime it's, it's your book or your product, anything you got going, this is your new home. We will get it out there. Wow. You know, we have track Man, record, we have proof. You know, we don't we ain't just talking. We we moving things. And and I know you uh from back in the day and following you, 
uh, I like to use the word achievement, finally pie. Okay. We, 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 we know because when, if we can go through that and you went through what you shared with us, then yes, you are a true, yeah. uh, uh, testimony, a uh, proof what God can do. Anyone who step on, or on the red carpet of Vibe Live, and share that testimony that they didn't want to read, knew they had uh, some some uh, opportunity to make themselves better to learn how to read. Yes. This shows the world that God can turn anything around. Oh, that's yeah, because it, it wasn't me. Because I didn't know what to do. And you're talking about, you know, brother, young brother was praying on it. I didn't want to go home. I would have gone home a loser, a failure, embarrassed. An embarrassment to my community and my and my mom, and who's a you know single parent, and I I just I did I said God you got to help me because I don't know what to do, and I was embarrassed and ashamed. So, um, yeah, that's man. Thank y'all so much, Edwin. You have been there. You you've supported me when a lot of other brothers didn't support me. Uh, so my hats off to you. Um, and uh, Robin Lynn, thank you so much for helping uh, host me and introduce me to your listeners. To man, this is awesome for me. Thank y'all so much. You're very welcome. So before we go. Anything you got coming up that you need to let the world know what's going on or what's coming up? No, no. I want every all of your listeners to go to championmentoring.com, championmentoring.com, and that, or victormcglaughlin.com, and you can check out all of my novels and what I'm trying to do for, for um, junior high and high school students and for young people just you know, fresh out of jail who need some help in putting it together. All right, all right. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Show your love for Victor McLaughlin. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's very nice to meet you. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> uh, all right. Y'all did that thing. I'm going to be smiling all day. <laughs> all right. We'll be talking to you soon. Take care. All right. Thank, thank you. All right. What? 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 Check it out. Yeah. I love God. You love God? What's wrong with you?
That's a good brother there. That's a good, good information, uh, wisdom yes. that we all need to hear for our community and anybody who can turn their life around. Yes. But um, let's get ready for our second guest. Um, our second guest is not here. Not here? No, that's evangelist Mike Bradford is on the line from Consuming Fire Global Ministries. Well, okay. I tell you what, you can go ahead and play a song. All right. And um, we'll be right back with our second guest. Coming right up, everybody. Just one moment. Come on now. There we go. <laughs> How many have been through a trial and you know how it feels Just to be too tired to shed more tears You braid and you fast, I mean you braid and you fast You see knocked and ass, gave it all that you had You just looking for a sign, a glimmer of hope Something to indicate that the Lord is close That he heard your voice and he'll deliver you soon That he will take all your pain and he'll heal your wounds Sometimes the worst thing it turns out to be the best thing uh-huh. And I've learned he knows all things And all things, all things They work for my good And sometimes your worst pain yeah. It turns out to be your blessing yep. And I've learned he knows all things And all things, all things They work for my good If you believe in this world's for you Hey, how you guys doing? 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 Hey, how you guys doing?
Ten folks. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? How you doing? What's up, fam? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Good, good. Say hello to Robin Lynn Mayben. Hi, Chill. I'm Hi, so Ms. Robin. How are you? I am so excited you're here. I'm like, ah! Ah! <laughs> I love yeah. that song for good. That song is a great song. And you're so pretty. Oh, thank you so much. You're so pretty. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Uh, (laughs) well you know first before we go any further i want to say congratulations to both of the carolina the women's south carolina game cock the winning the women's championship (laughs) also the tar heel of north carolina winning the men's championship nwac final four yes yes representing yeah 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 um Let's 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 do this. Uh, I know you, but I want the world to know more of you. Um, tell us before you really got into uh, bec- becoming a songwriter uh, and a Christian hip hop artist. Um, share with us uh, what were you doing before you did that? Okay, well, I mean, um, I was always doing music, you know, um, since I was a little girl, always had a love for music, so I would sing and I would dance, I would sing my own songs, largely influenced by the secular genre of music, um, and even as I matriculated through high school and went to college, I was actually pursuing music to do it professionally, but at that time, it was mainly just, you know, secular music, I wanted to have a positive message, but not necessarily a Christian message, um, but I realized that, you know, I needed to have a plan B. So my plan B was to focus on my academics. And like I had a a love for music, I also had a love for science. So I majored in biology and I pursued um, my degree in uh, science. I wanted to um, study cell and biology, um, cancer research, and I got accepted in the program at University of Cincinnati to get my Ph.D., well, it wasn't long into that program that I realized I didn't really want to do research. I really like interacting with people, and I wanted to do more of a patient care type of thing. So I didn't stay in that program long. And during the transition of leaving that program and figuring out what I really wanted to do, I pursued my music again, and it just kind of hit a dead end. So I said, you know what, well, God, maybe that's not what I should be doing. So I decided to pursue medicine. I actually got my degree to practice medicine as a physician assistant. So um, I did that for a number of years, and then I just felt the call in my life to still do ministry and music. I never really stopped doing it. I just wasn't focusing on it as a career path. I kept saying, well, maybe I won't be an artist. Maybe I'll do a songwriting or a producer, things like that. But as life would have it, the conviction to just record and to do it truly in my heart, mm-hmm. it came back really strong, and I just couldn't resist it anymore. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You had uh, an experience an opportunity to go out the country, uh, we're talking about Africa. Could you share that experience with us? Right. So um, I had the opportunity to travel to South Africa on two occasions. Um, I'll back up a little bit. So during the transition of leaving the program in Cincinnati and coming home and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, it was kind of like a wilderness period in my life because I had never been in a place where I didn't have a plan. And at that point in that season, I didn't have a plan. So it's a bit depressing as well because everybody else was moving on or the period that they were making moves and had this or that going on in their life. And I felt like I was just kind of stuck trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So I would listen to um, TBN. 
And as I was listening to TVN, um, Joyce Myers was on there, and her broadcast was showing the different ministries that her church did, outreach programs, and they were doing some stuff in Haiti and some other countries. And I remember thinking, I would love to do mission work. And, of course, the enemy's busy, so he was like, what would you do? You know, what, what's your gift? What's your talent? You know, you don't, you don't have any degree. At that time, I only had my degree, a bachelor's in science. But, I mean, what skill set could I offer in something like that? You know, is what he was saying. And he was like, it's not like you, you pray out loud. You know, it's not like you're so deep in your word where you could, you know, provide some type of ministry there. So I was a little bit discouraged, but in my heart, I was like, you know, one day I'm going to do something you know, in another country because I desire to do that. Well, God would have it where I got accepted into my program to study to become a physician assistant. And within the first semester there, a gentleman came out to speak to us about opportunities to go um, out the country to 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 provide medical mission work. And he, he mentioned several countries, and the one that fit best with my schedule was to go to South Africa. And so um, me and a few other students, we had the opportunity to travel to South Africa um, to do medical mission work, and we stayed there for about two weeks, and then I went the following year again to do the same thing. Wow. Robin, you want to ask, ask something? Because, you know, you have uh, ministry yourself. And um, anything you want to ask her about that? Uh, the 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 missionary. It's it's in today's time, people don't understand that the missionaries were still here. I'm a missionary myself, and God has given us the greater exploits. You know, uh, that uh, the internet uh, that we can reach people all over the world uh, opportunities with your schooling the blessings that he's given you with your gifting and the opportunities in schooling and so I just encourage you to keep going forth see because when God calls us to serve what he calls us to do is really simple just go out and spread God's love and and tell people about Christ it's really simple you know, right? So, I agree. So he doesn't say that we have to be a, a a a PhD, or he doesn't require. He doesn't have any requirements for that. So I right. just say, God bless you, and and, and and I'll be praying for you, and as you do the work of an evangelist, baby. Go ahead, girl. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Go Thank ahead. you. Um, yeah. Let's talk about your music. As uh, you are as a songwriter, let's talk about how did you come up with the title or the name for the single for good? Wow, that's cool. Um, I didn't really come up with it. I don't. I don't really come up with a lot of this stuff. It's just you know, just spending time in God's presence okay. and just what He ministers to me. I just truly believe that you can't ever give anything that you don't have. Whether it's your time, whether it's financial, whether it's encouragement, any type of ministry, until you you have it your own self, you can't afford to give it to anybody else. You just don't have it to give. So just um, let me back up a little bit. So I was. In a situation that, um, in a season in my life where I was dealing with a heartache, 
And as I was dealing with the heartache, I just began to cry out to God like never before. And I mean, I literally, in the morning time, I was in prayer. In the afternoon, I would leave work and spend my lunch hour in prayer, seeking God's face. In the evening time, I would be on my knees crying out to God, just seeking his face. I mean, all throughout the day, even as I was seeing patients, in between seeing patients, I was just, you know, praying within my own spirit and listening to sermons in between patients because I just really had to inundate myself with the word of God because only through the word of God could I get that healing that restoration to be made whole again so um one of the things that the holy spirit kept telling me is that you know i'll never take away something without giving you something better and we all know the scripture if you don't know it's the scripture that says that um God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love them and who are called according to his purpose. Yeah. So I knew that even though the situation was uncomfortable and it, it seemed like it was the worst thing that could ever happen in my life, what I had known about God is that he was faithful. Because when I left Cincinnati and I came home, I didn't have a plan. He worked it all out. I felt like that was the worst thing that could have ever happened in my life. So I knew that he was faithful then. He was faithful when my father died when I was five. He helped my mom you know, be a single parent raising myself and my sister. So he was faithful in my life then. And I just went throughout my life and I saw, God, you have always been faithful. So he'll be faithful again. And not only do you turn it around, but you have this fantastic way of making it better than anything I could hope for or imagine. So um, that song just basically came out of my spirit. I was ministering to myself and mm. the world just, <laughs> the world just experienced what I was ministering to my own life. So when I say that, how many have been through a trial and you know how it feels to be too tired to shed more tears. I had cried until I couldn't cry anymore. You know what I mean? So I can't do that anymore. You know what I mean? But I know that my God is faithful. I know that he'll turn it around. I know that he'll make a way because he's never felt. It's just not in his character. He cannot fail. Wow. Preach, God. Preach. 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 The creative Preach. process always wow. fascinates that's, that's, me. Wow. The creative Robin, process always. You want to add something to that? Yeah, the creative process always fascinates me. So you you write the song, you've got the lyrics, and then the, how do you get the melody and where do you get the music? How, how do you add that piece into it? Well, um <laughs> the song I I have a producer, I have a couple of producers, okay. but I have a producer his name is Kendrick James. And he supplies the music for me. But a lot of times I'll write the song first, and then I'll I'll try to find the music to match the song. And then sometimes I'll have the music, and it'll speak to my spirit, and then I'll just write within my spirit. But it always starts back, for me, it always starts from the Word of God, you know, because I always want anything I do to, to represent God's work, because that's what's going to change people's life. That's what's going to heal the brokenhearted. That's what's going to restore them. That's what's going to give them life when they feel like it's hopeless and that there's no, no, no turnaround that when they feel like giving up, you know, it's not what I say. It's not how I say it. It's, it's what I say. And if I'm saying God's word, then that's going to do the yes, work. Yes, there you go. Ah, yeah, preach, keep on you preaching. Wait till I see you in June. I'll be, I'll be in Orange Bird. <laughs> we, we're going to sit down and, 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 and uh, we're going to be up all night talking. Yeah, yeah, yes, right. Lord. And there are times, yeah. you know, that I, I love music. So there are times when I want to do something and God will just tell me, you know, no, you know, it's not time yet. You know, just, just spend more time in my word. And that's sometimes one of the hardest things for me to do because I write a song when I want to say write a song, but I'm constantly, there's always songs in my mind. You know, there's always something in my spirit. That's how I worship God through songs. So when I'm praising him, I'm singing songs into him. So that's just natural 
what I do. So when he tells me, okay, you got to put it down, don't do it, he's telling me because maybe I'm going to speak out of my soul and I'm not going to speak out of my spirit. You know what I mean? Or maybe he has something that he wants to teach me. So when I do sit down and I'm writing, I'm writing what he wants me to write. So wow. I've learned to be obedient in that way. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, wow. Wow. Okay. It, wow. Wow. Um, wow. Before we let you go, um, oh, I got goosebumps. <laughs> you, you have uh, anything coming up that you want to let the world know? Uh, how can they get in contact with you? Uh, what well, you what do you have coming up? Yeah. Well, I don't want to say what I have coming up because a lot of projects in the works. I don't want to speak out of order. But I will say that you can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Instagram, and I have music that you can find on Apple, Amazon, and all those sorts. I'm with TuneCore. So, um, but I don't want to say what's coming up, but just know you haven't heard the last of Kyle Eden. It's just the beginning. Okay. okay. Could you tell the world, the world, a lot of people look at your name. And trying to figure out how to pronounce it. You and I talked about this. But, <laughs> right. Uh, we're going to record this name yes, so everybody please. can get it right. Yes. Okay. Because we right. we can you know we can turn that first name to Ibana if we want to. You know how black folks are. We do that in a heartbeat. Right. You know. Right. Say right, so, the name. Okay. So C H A Y I L. It's Kyle. Like Kai, Pai, Yield, like you yield to the will of God. So Kai, Yield, and of course Eden. You guys are familiar with that, Eden. Is there a meaning behind that? Of course. So um, I'll tell you how the name, how the Holy Spirit gave me the name. I was fortunate to be um, in the presence of a, of a pastor by the name of Patricia um Francis, Pat Francis. She's, I think she's based out of Canada, Dr. Pat Francis. And she taught on a sermon of the Kyle glory. And in, the, in her sermon or her teaching, she spoke about Moses' mom. And she spoke about how Moses' mom exemplified um, wisdom. She had the favor of God, courage. Um, and she came into wealth. And she became a woman of influence when she decided to hide Moses, you know, and the whole... Um, process of still being able to be a part of Moses' life, even though she kept her son when the king ordered that all those sons be killed. So um, after hearing that teaching, I was really inspired about the Kyle glory. Kyle actually means valor, strength, courage in Hebrew. And then another pastor by the name of Pastor Dr. Ben Winston, he spoke on the Baraka, the blessing. And so the blessing is something that as Christians, we get because we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we become sons of Abraham. Abraham had the blessing on his life, but prior to Abraham, there was Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve were both in the Garden of Eden. And Adam was the God of this world until he fell short and he sinned, and then Satan became the God of this world. But prior to that, Adam had the blessing, the authority that every place the sole of his feet tread upon, he could turn that or transform that property into the same Garden of Eden. He could take the blessing wherever he went. And then when God found Abraham to be a man that he was pleased with, he gave Abraham that same blessing. So Abraham was a wealthy man. Abraham had 
children a thousand to a thousand generations to this day he's called the father of faith so um we have that same blessing over our life it's a matter of us walking into that blessing claiming and possessing that blessing and letting it manifest in our life as christians so kyle represents being bold and strong being courageous in your faith and even represents the blessing that's over our lives as christians as believers in jesus as our lord and savior wow ladies and gentlemen we're live revive live Bible study okay. by Chaya Eden. <laughs> thank you, cuz. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be talking. I'm going to tell you the same thing. Anything you need for the world to know, CD, DVD, book, this is your home. Okay? Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Ms. Robin. Yeah, it was so nice to meet you. I And I'm I'm like going to be your biggest fan from here on out. Please wow. make sure that you get get me all of your latest music and events and everything so I can keep bragging on you, okay? <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Love you, cuz. Talk to you soon. I love you, too. All right, you guys. Have a good day. Okay, bye. Bye. Wow. Love and happening. Wow. Okay. Wow. That is. Love and happening. Really... We want to take a little break on love and happening because I'm, I feel love and I'm happy. Warm and fuzzy up in here.
Little light of love. I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, y'all. I just got caught so up. Man, you enjoy that, Robin? God, uh, woo. Okay. Well, y'all just don't know this brother here. But hey, we, we're about to run out of time. Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben, he won't be with us today because he has the flu. Oh. But next week, we have our guest, comedian uh, Nikita B. William will be here with us next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll keep you guys posted. Uh, uh, my boy, uh, myself, have a show coming up this weekend in Garland, Texas. And Robin Lynn, what you got coming up, baby? Well, Vibes Live reached 2 million listeners on Sunday. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. Congratulations yes, yes. to Vibes Live. We, was... we reached 2 million geographic listeners around the world. What, in four months? This was in April of 2017. Yes. 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 And it was the wow. second consecutive year that we had that we grew a million listeners. Two years yes. in a row. Yes, <laughs> that is good. High five. I enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, you can always tune in every day, 24-7 with jazz. We also got Dr. DJ, I'm sorry, DJ Dr. Funkenstein. Yeah. We have DJ Momo. And also on Sunday, we have jazz with Jay. Just yes. keep yourself hooked up with VibeLive.com. Until next time. I'm your host, comedian Edwin Douglas, and Robin Lynn Maben. <laughs> you heard me. Grandpa Kotcher and y'all Stubo in the studio. That vibes live theme song, you feel me? Orale, that's right. I got my pants way high and my hat real low. Real low, low. Turn, turn on your internet. Vibes live, what you get? Chilling with Robin Lynn. She's about to make you win. Call you out and bring you in. With the Mexican, Yastubo, and Grandpa Gotcha, two seven three records incorporated. Young boss, young major, you know we made it. Mike Ellis, BK, Robin Lynn sponsoring Vidi Video with Pastor Troy and West Music. Shelly Garrett getting it, cutting at the barber shop. Willie Brown, light skinned it, Bobby Brown, Judge Show Brown, Ty Warren, Bomb Baby Radio. Radio. Turn, turn on your internet. Vibes live, what you get? Chilling with Robin Lynn. She's about to make you win. Call you out and bring you in. Chilling with the Mexican. Yastubo. And Grandpa Gotcha. Storm Talk 365 Bonita. Clairborn, she's a superwoman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tina Hobbs, Emma Savvy Pro. Patrice Jackson, Mass Media. Yeah. Maven. Robin Lynn Maven, Worldwide Distribution, Zep Brown Corporation, Girl Outfitters, Club Booty, The Bad Brad Berkowitz, Run It Down Production, Caper Dark Star Records, With That Real Slick Money, Auntie With That Gummy, Grandpa Al Cello, Sisters in Motion, Turn On Your Internet, Vibes Live,
what I'm saying? We done did that. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Mr. Clean Cut Man done did that. Hey, y'all Stuart, you did alright, man. Orale, what's your problem, Holmes? You can't be talking about me like that, eh? It hurts my few dogs, eh? I'll talk to you later, Holmes, on the next one. Vibeslive.com.